Well, hi folks, this is Ken. This week we're playing the second part of the interview that Charlie and I did with Jerry Connolly in South Africa. This week's interview focuses much more on the music side of his career. He's got some great stories, so I hope you folks enjoy this interview. Uh, just a reminder, Jerry is offering 10% off of the Birder tripod, which is exclusively offered through the Audubon shop. So if you order the tripod and you mention this podcast, you can get 10% off the Birder. Highly recommended, best tripod in the world. Enjoy the interview. Well, I want to circle back to the music side of your life, which is a lot of our listeners aren't birders. And so, I don't know, I'm just always interested to talk to passionate people in any domain. And one of the things I find really interesting about you is that you've had like two huge passions in your life, like music and birding. Like, I don't know, maybe yeah. you, you don't oh, no. describe I, no. yourself oh, as a top birder, but you're clearly, no. you, you are, you're like a uh, local institution in, <laughs> in Connecticut in, the, in New England. I feel, I always say I feel a bit like Zelig. You know, there's a movie Woody Allen did where this guy keeps showing up in these different historical situations. Uh-huh. You know, oh, <laughs> look, like, there's his picture there. <laughs> and that's how I feel like I've been really different fortunate lives. to know different people in it. Cause like, maybe just because I got into it early. Huh. But, um, but yeah, the passion... Um, for the music, uh, first it was drums, and I As was a brought, brought up in a little Cape Cod house without a cellar, <laughs> so the drums were upstairs and shook the house, and uh, you know, all the new rock and roll was coming out, like and the Beatles and Cream and you know all, all this kind of stuff was going on, and and so I was given a three day a week. Uh, maximum practice time and I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't go for it and I said well if I can't get you know five days or I forget exactly what it was I'm leaving and they said well see you later and uh, that's how I left home and you were quite Uh, young right yep how Um, were you 16 no no I was I was senior year but um, yeah and I was working so I really thought, you know, I don't need this. I don't, you know, in fact, I don't need college. It was the, the <laughs> thing that I, you know, kind of didn't go for. And the only one of five kids that didn't and uh, just kind of made my way with the music thing, kind of headstrong. I often thought that I would do that until I died. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it got it got a little harder, you know, with the family and sure. uh, travel and so forth, and 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 I really felt like if I was to describe our band, it'd be like in baseball terms, it'd be like a triple A team, you know, professional, <laughs> but not quite over the hump, which would be a major jump. Not making so, huge money, right? But making a, a, a solid living. <laughs> yeah, we did, which I think is hard to do today. My son's into it, and I can tell you, it's. The actual, what you make is less in, than what it was in 1978. Really? Yeah, huh. it's, it's insane. So anyway, so we had that passion and traded one passion for another. At, you know, April of 89, as I said, I just went crazy on birds. And, you know, it'd be like <laughs> Janet would say, you know, the two kids, where were you? So I had to work late. No, I called the store. You weren't there. <laughs> you, know, I, 
you know, like guys making up stories yeah, if they were at the bar, you, you, you know, or yeah. something, you know, and I was out birding. Then I'd always say, birding. well, I'm networking in the woods. I have business cards with me, you know, <laughs> handing them out, which was not a lie. But, yeah. So I got into it and uh, in a big way, in the same kind of way, and it was very reminiscent. I always say really? it was the same uh, excitement that I had when I started playing drums. Wow. And uh, so I was really lucky. I really have never had a boss. Uh, who can say that? You know, yeah. I mean, right. really, really, really Especially lucky. in the era during which you kind of created your two different careers. Yeah. I think it's becoming more common now nowadays, yeah. the gig economy, freelance and everything. But you're right. kind of right. ahead of your time in that. Yeah, in yeah it was just, I, I just say I'm pretty damn lucky. Um, you know, Arthur, you know, I credit with talking me into this. He says, oh, you can't, you can't lose, you can't lose. Oh, and the day before we opened, he said, well, if you go, uh, if you go out of business, at least you can, you know, you, the only thing you got to, is your lease. That's, you know, <laughs> but I had never heard any negative until that last oh, night before. Already yeah, signed, yeah. Signed so, yeah. but anyway, um, luckily I did it and, and, and I became, you know, as I mentioned before, he wasn't thrilled that uh, his daughter was marrying a musician. And I, I have to say that uh, he and I became closer than I was to my own father, who mm -hmm. I was close to, but, but this was a real, real tight relationship. So it, it just worked out, and mm -hmm. here we are. But, I mean, you, you still kept good relations with the band members, and I think you had a couple of reunions, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing that during your trips. Right. Up until a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, I think the last one we did was in uh, maybe 17, I want to right. say. But every every year in the summer, I would book like five or six gigs, and we would fly the singer in from Arizona. Right. And they were, they were really you know good outdoor things or in a theater or something like that, really cool uh, and you still had some, fa some fans that were there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Years. Oh, yeah. B. Willie. Oh. Fan base. Yeah, the name of the band was B. Willie Smith. And um, so, yeah, the last one I did uh, was on the eve of departure for Ecuador and the Galapagos. Right. And to which I said, what am I doing here? You know, this is crazy. I should be thinking about this trip. And here I am, you know, playing a gig. But... Uh, but anyway, it was a it was a great run and huh. no regrets at all. Lots of fun. I'm curious. People tend well. Charlie and I have a lifestyle that people tend to glamorize. That in reality has some pretty hard aspects to it, mm -hmm. and I guess most people really wouldn't be cut out for it. Is something similar true of the music? Like being a, a, a well-known band, playing on the road all yeah. year. Well, the advantage that we would have, you guys, you know, when you're on the road, you're in another country. Um, mm -hmm. We were fortunate because we were in um, the New Haven area in Connecticut, which was driving distance to Providence, Boston, New York, um, even up into Maine, uh, Baltimore, all commutable because we had a, a crew that would set up the stuff, so it wasn't that bad at all. What do you got out here? Something just hopping there just came up over the rail. 
Written genetic Camera operator. Camera Camera operator. Ooh, smooth. Ah, Charlie <laughs> came up with a good one. The smooth <laughs> operator. So, yeah, Jerry, he kind of um, combines the music and the birding with uh, sort of thinking of a, a song that kind of goes along with a bird name. Right. <laughs> so got, it, it's fun. Probably like 30 of these from yeah. different countries around the world. So we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll be like looking at a bird and it'll just sort of chime into the, the, yeah. you know, the song that goes along with it. Yeah, my my wife <laughs> usually gives me an elbow when I yeah. start doing that. But, uh, Good embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so you guys were within striking distance of, of a couple different urban areas. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, you have for traveling. So, so we could commute. Right. So you can kind of stay at home. You don't have to be on the road for right. four months. We, occasionally, we'd go down south or we'd go up to um, to Canada. But we did a lot of colleges and that kind of stuff. And So it's not like your gig. You guys, you know, will go weeks at a time. And because of the demand on, on you guys, I mean, on your services, uh, you are home far less. When I was, <laughs> when I had little kids, pretty much I... Um, I wouldn't have breakfast with him, but I'd have lunch, sure. and then I'd have supper, and then maybe I'd take a shower and go to work. Well, and right. so, and Janet was home, so we were really fortunate. And they say the first three years, mm-hmm. super important. Pretty much, we had two parents. Yeah, uh, that's present. Yeah. You know, during the whole thing. So I, I can't say it was a, a, a great hardship, um, but it's a tough business to to crack and get over the top. So, you know, everything had a, a great trajectory and when it kind of flattened out, I happened to get into the birding and that sure. was a whole new thing to get excited about. And I think the excitement really rubs off on people and that's how we, that's how we kind of entice people to, to come on these trips, of which now I think I'm, this might be the 62nd wow. international trip we've done wow that's impressive <laughs> that's a lot and, and either you and or Janet has done every single one right yeah, yeah. that's yep. part of your, your yep. kind of model right so you, yeah. you guys put together great groups as you said you kind of vet them and, yep. and pretty much all the groups have quite a good uh, cohesion right bonding get along this, this particular group here is outstanding Ooh, it's I really, mean they're just yeah. Yeah. It's everybody's on the same page and yeah, they appreciate everything. We were almost getting kicked out of restaurants in Cape Town because oh. we were making so much noise. You know, the it was wine pretty, was flowing. Pretty, and, yeah. pretty raucous. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I think, the best checklist we had was at that uh, captain's, um, whatever that. Oh, that we stayed hotel. in this place. I think we record, recorded a podcast there, right? That the in the wilderness. Um, yep. Yeah. But Jerry had this Oof. insane room with this beautiful sea view as well, oh. and everybody gathered there. The big oh my god! And and we had like we almost chat. didn't leave for Stunk dinner. Our own little bar. <laughs> oh my god! You could just look out onto the uh, Indian Ocean. Yeah. Oh jeez, oh, that was fun. Yeah, most excellent. And now we're just winding down. We're, we we've are. got yeah. like yeah, finish it tomorrow. Yep, back to Joburg. Yep, and one more big game drive this afternoon. Mm. And uh, with high expectations of Secretary Bird, are, are, are we not going? We're probably not going to be in the Plains area. You never for know. That. Could, it's something you could bump into just about anywhere. Yeah, yeah. but we've uh, 
Yeah, we've done well. We just cracked, I guess, 300 species for the trip. Yeah, nice. And just some incredible mammals. Oh, yeah. my We're probably going to do a separate podcast on these, but uh, yeah. it's really been quite outstanding. Uh, well, we should mention brown hyena. Oh, not yet. Uh, Keep quiet about that one. That's going to that's gonna appear quite Don't soon let now. the hyena out of the oh, bag. Oh, oh. Okay, sorry about that. I was going to recount Charlie's reaction to the end, but I won't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, great mammals on this trip. Uh, in, incredible, uh, incredible lion footage. You know, everybody yeah. was filming and roaring. So the trip that we're doing at the moment was it was supposed to be what like two years ago, I guess. Right. Yeah. Pre COVID. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Now it's twenty twenty two. Postponed and postponed again, and you know this is really uh, and and we planned it maybe a year before that, so this is a long time coming this trip. Yeah, we we had a real pile up of trips, mm -hmm. um, of which now we wound up with six, and so this is number four this year. You've got a busy year. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, actually, we had four days between Galapagos and Ecuador and this trip. Yeah, and it was like that hardly was even by Charlie's and my standards. Charlie and I were like, "Wow, that's that's." Well, pretty, you got a lot of time. Yeah, pretty yeah. hectic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was very hectic by my standards. Yeah, but uh, time to do the laundry and you know. But, um, yeah, hurry just up um, and go. back back home to Connecticut. Yeah. you've got about a month off, and then month. Uh, you're coming on another trip with me. Yes, in October. With Charlie. Two trips. Back to back. Back, back. back. back Australia trip. So Doubleheader. You're almost Epic. certainly going to be appearing on another podcast. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, boy. Maybe with Sam. Yeah, with Sam. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. But, uh, I'm Sam. very, yeah. very excited about that. Yeah. But it's, yeah. been, it's been a fantastic trip. It's been really, really good fun. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good meals and uh, good well, birding, good mammals. I learned a new, uh, when we were booking this, I learned a new word. I never heard the word bespoke before. <laughs> Remember, you know, sending yeah. something back to Keith. What, what do you mean bespoke? You know, what what does that mean? Bespoke. I, it doesn't everyone now. Everyone knows that it's kind of part of the yeah. language. But become a cool, uh, like a trendy term. These yeah, days. yeah. I, it, I guess it means pretty customized, fancy. essentially, or uh, yeah. tailored. Yes, yes. This this place we're staying. At, oh my gosh, it's pretty bespoke. I'm not worthy, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, Jerry's quite modest about his uh, musical abilities, but I'll just tell a little story about uh, Jerry on one of our many, many trips together. This was Charlie and I with Jerry in Namibia. Yeah. Namibia is like Jerry's happy place. Yes. <laughs> We've done like eight trips there, something like that. Yeah. And, and uh, do another two. So on one of our, our trips, one of the par participants brought along a harmonica. Yeah. And he had this this kind of long game strategy to try to get Jerry to play it. He knew it wouldn't be easy, and there was some kind of like he plied you with with whiskey or oh, something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. First, there was drinks offered, and then yeah. and there was some kind of arrangement. I don't remember exactly. I I don't know how. Did you know about it beforehand? I didn't. Yeah, he told yeah. me. He told oh, me. He oh. kind of pulled it out. He's like, "Hey, look what I brought." Oh, a C. And so Marine Band. We we're in this beautiful place. It's actually one of my favorite lodges in the world. It's it's uh, in the Arango Mountains. Just mm. a gorgeous natural setting. This mm. lodge is like nestled into the rocks. Perfect. And we had dinner outside under the stars, under the Southern Cross. There's an illuminated water hole there where kudus come in and open porcupines fire. open yeah. fire. Yeah. And and Jerry had a couple whiskeys and then this guy brought out 
the harmonic. <laughs> and, yeah. and then Jerry kindly agreed to play. And wow, it was yeah. impressive. I yeah, mean, it was. I have never heard, certainly not live, heard anyone play a harmonica like that. I was like, I couldn't even <laughs> believe it was a harmonica. He, I mean, he was just wailing on this thing. Yeah. Well, it was the ultimate bathroom effect with the, uh, with the mountains. And uh-huh. Everything was bouncing off the rocks. And so that, you know, built-in mm-hmm. reverb. Uh, <laughs> it's like Red oh, Rocks. Oh, it was great, great. And I, you know, I'm, I don't know many songs and stuff, so I had this, I was singing this kind of uh, off-color, little off-color, Mellow Apples uh, tune. And I remember one of the uh, waitresses singing along, and, you know, like... <laughs> no, I, I remember yeah, the whole staff yeah, yeah, was yeah, deaf, yeah, got yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, was, there was, was a, one of the, one of the staff, he, he brought out like a pot, and he turned it over and started banging it with a spoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The it's whole, so the animals were sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Everybody <laughs> throws. <in> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I have to, uh, I have to bring one. On sure. trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Australia. It's gotta, yeah. it's gotta, it's gotta happen. Yeah, kind of, uh, Fill the dead time, you know. <laughs> it's not usually not a lot of these trips, but uh, no, there isn't a lot. That was that was very fun, and yeah. it was truly impressive, just yeah. in terms of the music. And it just kind of reminded me you had this whole other life of yeah. uh, being a pro musician. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was cool. You know, that was actually it was a highlight for me. That was just so much fun, and um, in being in that place, yeah, it's one of those places where. Nobody ever wants to leave. No. They never want to leave <laughs> until 12 hours later when they're in Natosha. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That was yeah. one of our one of our top groups too. I mean, they've yeah. all been good, but right. Uh, right. that was a, that was a great group, and we right. everybody just gelled and yeah. we just had a great time. That was pretty. That was maybe early on, right? Pretty early. Uh, I can't even exactly. remember, but I remember uh, Dart was the guy who had the. Uh, had the harmonica, yep, right. and he presented you guys with sunglasses because he's yeah. uh, as a uh, eyeglass place. He just gave and, us yeah, gave, cool. gave us uh, Ray Bans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to look after your eyes, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's your livelihood right yeah. there. You got to look <laughs> yeah. after your eyes. This is uh, one of the really fun things with Jerry and Janet is we've done so many trips together and we all like to just we got so many in jokes play around. We've got all these in jokes and <laughs> sometimes I think at the beginning of a trip the uh, people who come along are a little bit baffled. Right. Confusing, what but, yeah, but people are trying to do our uh, South African yeah. stuff. Yeah. Imitating yeah. lodge owners we've messed with uh, over the years. This Japan. is uh, so- something about traveling around so- Southern Africa. A lot of kind of crusty lodge owners a lot of real characters like mm-hmm. people strike out in the middle of nowhere and start a lodge they're often kind of unique individuals and oh yeah so you meet some you meet some characters yeah you get you have to have a certain personality to be out in the middle of nowhere so, yeah and uh entertaining these people that come through but this may be a really hard question to answer but i'm curious like what is it that fired you up so much about music as a teenager and then you say it was kind of analogous to birding. So, like, I'm curious, like, what was that? Uh, well, the Beatles. That, uh-huh. You know, that really had, you know... You, um, well, it was fresh. Yeah, it was... yeah, that. And then I fell in with these guys in high school, and I started hearing, um, like, old blues music. And we were this kind of little clique of six guys 
who were into the same thing, and um, no one else really was into that, so we liked that even more for that <laughs> reason. And, you know, um, we, we kind of thought that, wow, we're probably like the only ones that are doing this. Right. And, you know, this is way before internet and stuff, and now you see people in, you know, Eastern Europe and, you know, all over the place kind of doing stuff like yeah. we were doing. We right. thought we were very clever when um, we had a band it was it was called uh, B. Willie Smith, and that's what it wound up being called. But then when we decided to have a few rock beats thrown in, we figured it was, you know, kind of selling out a little bit <laughs> to have a, a you know, ch -ch -ch -ch, you know, for and it's not true blues. Yeah, so we changed our name to the unlikely name called Unknown Maracas, <laughs> and that was after this guy in a picture on the back of this album that we considered to be our Bible. It was called Chicago Bound uh, by uh, Jimmy Rogers, who had Muddy Waters was in the band, and Little Walter, the famous mm -hmm. harmonica player. And So we said, okay, let's call it Unknown Maracas, because in the picture there was a guy with maracas in the caption. They didn't know who it was. Unknown Maracas. Right. So here, you know, we thought, oh, that's very clever. <laughs> and, uh, so the place we used to play uh, a lot in New Haven, it's called Toad's Place, and uh, you can't call yourself that. You know, what are people going to say? What are, what are you, where are you going? Oh, we're going to go see unknown maracas. It just doesn't roll off <laughs> that well. So we went back to B. Willie Smith. Years later, we were in D.C. playing a place, and uh, it's called Desperados in Georgetown on M Street. And lo and behold, on the wall was, you know, posters of various bands that had played there. And there was another band, the same kind of band that we were, Chicago Blues, called Unknown Maracas. No. Whoa. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Dodged a bullet right there. Oh, well, it's just kind of like, you know, we just yeah. thought, oh, yeah, we were so cool because we're in a little cloistered we, we environment yeah. and, and all this stuff was going on. And then we heard the fabulous Thunderbirds and huh. all these guys. So there are these and, yeah, little oh, around the country. Of, oh, uh, my gosh. Blues. You know, and then, you, you know, and it was, you know. The exposure to all of that stuff—they they were one of the best, and uh, and other bands. And you know it, it, that it's it, there's a certain you know that calling or you know kind of kind of brotherhood that we had going with these guys in high school, kind of egging each other on and all liking the same thing, and it was it was just exciting. And then you know guys were taking up other instruments or as guitar players, decided to learn saxophone. And I even played saxophone for a little while. <laughs> and uh, because he went to visit um, his grandparents, what then was East Germany. Huh. And, and then it had opened up. Yeah, so they were able to go. And so he wasn't around, so I learned a couple of his parts Oh, I could solo. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and then when he came back, I still had a couple songs, and I had one song. And then, you know, one day they didn't, we didn't do that song at all, and I sold the sax. You know, said, oh, well, that's all for that. <laughs> but anyway, I had my hands full with everything else. So this podcast is kind of all about stories, you know, uh, especially like adventure, mm -hmm. nature, watching stories. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you have like one crazy story from your days as a 
as a traveling musician that you would be willing to share that springs to mind? Mm. If you don't, we can actually oh, cut I, this whole segment. <laughs> I actually, I, I'll, I'll give you a couple. All two, right. Two. Bring. When I was probably 16 or 17, we went to see John Lee Hooker, a famous blues man. And uh, it was a place called Shabu in Willimantic, about an hour and a half away from where I lived. And I was with my older brother, and I was really getting into harmonica. And uh, my brother approached the guitar player for John Lee Hooker. His name was Hollywood Fats. What a great name. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love those, like Dime Store Dick, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, so he's like, oh, my brother's this, you know, harmonica player. You know, he's really good. Jerry, play something. And went, wah, 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 you know, and uh, he said, oh, yeah, come up. So I go up on stage, and no one told Hooker. And so he saw this white kid with long hair and um, looked over at me and just, went, you know, gave me this frown, like, what are you doing on my stage? And looked at a bouncer. The bouncer grabbed me and lifted me completely out of the, of the club. And it was like the beginning of the second set. And so I had to stand outside. Luckily, it was summer. Uh, for the entire rest of the night, because my brother wouldn't come out, oh, you know. Like, so, <laughs> that was, so that was that's one good story. Inauspicious. Yeah, yeah. And we actually wound up playing with him. Really? Much yeah. later. So did he remind him cool. of this? Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Did he remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he said he did, but yeah. I, I probably probably right. not. But um, and then, well, we had we had a lot of a lot of cool experiences with big time players like Albert King and. Um, Los Lobos, R.E.M. But um, one one thing I remember is uh, we were playing a place called the uh, Lone Star Cafe in, in Manhattan on Fifth Avenue. And we were playing three nights opening for Etta James, great singer. And she just really brought it. You know, I mean, she just has this, she's very famous. And... Um, I remember that every night of the three, she changed the color of her hair. Hmm. (laughs) And um, on the third night, Keith Richards came in from the Rolling Stones. (laughs) And uh, he wanted to sit in. So uh, he he plugged into my amp. So I was all proud to have Keith Richards (laughs) play through my amp. You know, and he proceeded to, you know, turn it up to 11 and, and uh, he blew a speaker, you know, one of these Whoa. kind of valuable speakers in a 410 Super Reverb 1963 pre-CB, you know, that, you know, was kind of the cool amp, you know. This is your personal yes, equipment. screaming amp. Oh. Yeah, really, really screamed. And so afterwards we were hanging around and... um I was trying, you know, insinuate, you know, oh, you know, it's harmonic. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was drinking um, Jim Beam. He had a big bottle of that, which he walked in with, and that was gone. He was snorting up God knows what. It was brown. I don't, I don't know what it, exactly what it was. By the way, I read later that, he, you know, in the random notes of uh, Rolling Stone, that, oh, Keith Richards showed up to Etta James and sat down, and he looked really healthy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. So, uh, 
uh, we're hanging around, and I said, uh, you know, here's my phone number, you know, it, you know, contact you. You have a contact I can have anything. So he wrote on a little piece of paper my name and my phone number handed back to me. <laughs> but he, it was pretty, in other words, well, I don't know if he even did that on purpose. But he didn't. Yeah, uh, no, it, uh, there was no connection, in yeah, other yeah. words. So then he goes, let's get a drink. And so, was, you know, pour us a drink. So I'm, you know, again on a bar stool and, you know, uh, uh, the upstairs bar, and I'm on top of the bar, and this uh, old African-American janitor comes walking up and says, what the hell are you doing up there? I said, well, I'm, you know, just, you know, get, get the hell off of that bar. <laughs> okay, okay. So I get to go down, you know, start to go down, and Richards goes, no, 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 drink. And so I'm kind of going back. And he goes, can you hear me? Get the looking down here. And um, so then one of his hangers-on says, don't you know who this is? It's Keith Richards. I don't give up. <laughs> Whoa, you are! Get the hell out! So we got kicked out of uh, kicked out of the Lone Star Cafe by the, the janitor. You know? So that's another, you know, not no, not not especially great, but <laughs> but but notable, notable. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we we had a lot of fun things that we did. I mean, you must have been a a pretty big star to people. Some people came to your show as well. Like you must have oh. had a little bit of that. Oh, we had a following rock yeah. star feeling yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you know that was. There were some side benefits. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you met the, you met the love of your life. I kind you got, of through that indirectly. It was like a day off, and um, but the singer and I in, in those days very very early on we didn't have a, a we had a sound person but not really a road crew. And so we would take turns driving the van with all the junk. And we were in Rhode Island. And, and in those days, we worked literally every single night, every single night. We would have to request days off. I mean, it could be 28 days in a month. Yeah. And so we show up to this place in Newport, and they say, oh, no, you're not playing till tomorrow night. And, uh, oh, okay. So we get a hotel room, and uh, we got all... Well, we used to wear these suits, you know, like kind of, I had a, like a 30s shark-skinned suit. Gangster tie. suit? Yeah, no, silk tie, oh, okay. you know, yeah, really. And this was all before the Blues Brothers and all that, so we, it was almost like a costume, like no one had seen, of course, they were all, per, all our clothes were purchased at Goodwill and, and, and <laughs> no, those types of things. And so, you know, Bruce and I, the singer, uh, you know, got... In, in full regalia, and we're going to go cruising, you know. So we kind of go to the couple of the places that we were playing in Rhode Island and kind of walk around, scoping the scene and this and that. And um, and Janet was there and had seen the band before, and they thought she always said, oh, you guys look like you're having such a good time. <laughs> and uh, so she planted herself at the front door. Uh, yeah, as you would tell it, you know, on that. No exaggeration. So, you know, I'm talking to her, and I'm saying, oh, wow. You know, she had beautiful eyes and smile, and then I'm going, oh, we have to go out to dinner sometime, which was not my typical line. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your buddy was waiting for you or something. Was, yeah, yeah, he was in the car, yeah. He was in the car, beeping the horn, and uh, he goes, let's go, let's go. And I said, oh, Bruce, I just met the you know girl I'm going to marry. Uh, you know, you're full of it. And, no way. Uh, no way, no way, Come on, no man. way. 
And uh, that's that's how I met her. But it was kind of the, you know, she was never really the kind of, like, groupie thing. Right. Like, all the girlfriends and wives subsequently would show up every night to protect their uh. turf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Janet was not ever she, that way. That was, was the charm way. of it, you know. Yeah. I'd, I, every once in a while, Janet, you want to go to the gig? You know, okay. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, so that that's how I, I met my wife. And uh, still together now, it's, I think, 42 and change. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty amazing story in itself, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love at first sight. It was, <laughs> at least on my part. Uh, yeah. And she moved down shortly after, and um, we had to pose as a married couple to get the the, the apartment that we got. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The guys. And, then, and then it was her father who ended up, convincing you to start a bird store right and which eventually yeah. kind of turned you into a birder right right so i have you know really my father-in-law to to thank for altering the course just at the time that he did <laughs> like kind of the perfect time and and it was very new birding was kind of it was so kind of a whole lot different than it is today yep uh, not as popular and as i said there were no birding stores around and uh, so People would scratch their head. Why this is an unusual idea for, <laughs> for a store. And then a few years into it, the people come in and go, "Wow, this is one of the nicer birding <laughs> really? stores that I've." Wow, because yeah, they proliferated all over the place. So he really was a visionary in terms of like seeing this trend and like being ahead of it. Mm. That's a, he, some kind of talent. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he definitely saw that. He he had that gift for stuff. You know, I remember when MTV started. And I was like, eh, who wants to look at a video? And they're telling you what to think <laughs> about the song. I'd rather think about the song myself than have some image <laughs> yep. to tell me what to think. And he's, oh, no, no, this, this is going to be huge. This is going to be huge. And, um, he was, of course, he was right. ESPN started when um, I remember being on the road with, like, the only guy I ever played with, a saxophone player, who was into sports, and I'm really into sports, and... And so I always wanted to ride with him, and then we can listen to games at night. It's a lot of driving. And um, when ESPN came to be, I remember being in uh, Baltimore somewhere, and we had the the TV on. It was like equestrian or I don't know arm wrestling or you know, something. <laughs> and and I so I go to turn he snore, and I turn the thing off. And he goes, "I was watching that. Leave it on." He, he just had to have it on because it was such a cool thing to have sports. Didn't matter what sport. Any sport. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I remember tearing the the roof out of my um, 1973 Buick Le uh, the Sword. Uh, we were listening to a Jets game, and it was really close, and we started grabbing at the ceiling and, like, pulling it. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. You know, we just, oh, we killed the car, killed the car. <laughs> and, yeah, we had... Always had cheap cars. And remember the first time we played DC, riding up in this old Ford, looked like a state trooper car, and uh, and all these people were lined up to come into the show, and Bruce, the singer, comes out and he kicks kicks the tire. God damn, rent a car, you know, because <laughs> he you know he was embarrassed to come into the jalopy it's in front of car. all these people yeah. in line to see the band. Yeah. <laughs> That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
Oh, actually, one other uh, little anecdote you can use or not um, is, you know, I, I like beer. I like to drink it. <laughs> and um, I only wrote really one and a half songs. The, the one full song I wrote was called Tons of Beer. And it happened to be for a movie called Beer. It was a movie that never was released in theaters. It was so bad. <laughs> um, but it went right to like HBO, which was new at the time. And, uh, and it played for years and years. It's actually probably on YouTube. And um, so that story was we, we had another gig at the Lone Star and this director was there whose claim to fame was he had directed the fast-talking FedEx commercial where the guy talks like super, super fast to get it in the, you know, the 30-second time, right. you know, and because they're so fast in their delivery. And he won what's called a Clio for that. That's, a, you know, the Academy Award for a commercial. So as a reward, he got a feature film, and he got this film with uh, Loretta Swit, who was from MASH, and Rip Torn, <laughs> Dick Sean, uh, there was a couple others in it, and it was it was called Beer, and it's supposed to be a comedy, you know, kind of like misogynist comedy, but it was so bad it came off as misogynist. <laughs> it didn't Not really have the, just no, just just bad, and uh, but anyway, they had the song was done, and they had a Dr. John song in the middle this montage scene and nobody liked it so we were playing you know as i said in the lone star and um oh no i think he called me he said you know you want a, a shot at playing make, writing a song for this montage and i'm like oh, yeah sure of course so he overnighted the vhs Ooh, <laughs> vhs was new then also and uh, only one guy had a player. <laughs> that was Bruce, you know, because it cost like 900 bucks or something <laughs> like that. And so we all went over and we shove in this thing and we watched watch this movie, which, you know, like I said, was not very good. <laughs> and so we got to the montage scene and I made little notes, you know, what each uh, image was during this, you know, five minutes. And, um, and then we never watched the end of it. You know, we just said, okay, it sucks. Was that you know, like it, uh, so, so we had a gig that night, one of these quote unquote booze cruises in the New Haven Harbor. And we got out early. Everybody went out to the clubs after we're at, I, I started the song before and then I finished it after the gig, brought it and we, we re recorded a little cassette and delivered it to this guy because we were playing the Lone Star. And he calls me up on Sundays, like, uh, that was Friday. He calls me up on Sunday, just played it for the guy. They well, we should have done the music for the whole film. This is fantastic. <laughs> when can we get you in the studio? Bah, 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 bah. And so my one, you know, all, the guys of the band, they had written hundreds and hundreds of songs. And I write mm -hmm. this one sticking song. <laughs> and, and I scored. But, uh, but then we got to to the record plant, very famous studio in New York. And it was kind of this odd couple um, producers kind of 
Tin Pan Alley type guys. And we got to, you know, record in this famous place and they wound up using it. And they used it for and the end credits, as a matter of fact, too. And I remember them uh, paying me $5,000. Wow. And, um, and then someone said, oh, oh, you should get a lawyer. And so I got a music lawyer out in L.A. <laughs> and so he negotiated the exact same 5000 and took 1400 <laughs> 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 not, not exactly a huge score, but still, it was a great, great, cool memory, you know. Hmm. Didn't you tell me at some point you still get royalties from that? Well, it's, it's slowed up. But, yeah, occasionally they'd play in Japan or play in <laughs> South America during a newscast. They'd always tell you where. And I'd get, like, you know, $28. Or, you know, one time I got 70 And actually, uh, one of the songs that I had a half credit or partial credit on was recently used. Uh, Ron Howard bought it for... This show, I, I can't remember the name of it. It's about Mormons. It's current now, though. I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. And uh, I think Bruce saw it. He said it's about like 14 seconds while they're driving <laughs> in a car. That <laughs> <laughs> so was kind of cool. Huh. Yeah. That was another 150. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jerry, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks a lot for coming on. It's been a great chat. Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's always fun. It's been a great trip. Yeah, it's been a great trip, and I'm looking forward to the next ones, too. Always. This was a reunion because of COVID. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So quite a while. I think it was uh, summer of 19. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we we missed you guys. Yeah. It's good to be back together. Yeah. It's good to be back. Getting the band back together again. (laughs) So we always uh, sign off with a natural sound. I was having a think what we might do. And on your fantastic tripod that we were talking about, the birder, um, in fact, we got a little little sticker on that says the birder, and it's got a little red bird on there, which is a yeah. northern cardinal, yeah. which I guess is something that you get in Connecticut there. Oh, yeah. 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 So let's, uh, let's finish with the nor- northern cardinal. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in again. Thanks. Uh, special thanks to our patrons, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>